da 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 You sound insane. Do you realize that? Oh, yeah. The whole world got crazy. It's showtime. So the time has come. The day is here. After 365 days, 52 weeks, and literally hundreds of hours of discussion, we've arrived at our best and worst of the year episode. Yes. Yes. It always, it always kind of is surreal every time we do these, because that's, once again, another year wasted on bad <laughs> movies most of the time. Bad movies and a few good movies. Um, for me, this year, it's kind of different. It's, this is a this was a very different year for me making this list than it was in previous years. So mm-hmm. uh, excited to talk about this. But um, for those of you just joining us for the first time, hi, Kent Garrison here, along with my co-hosts, as always, Brian Gill and Richard Barton. Hey, hey, what's up? You guys party? We party. I like to party. So this is kind of a different episode. Normally we do movie of the week. We talk movie news. We have recommends and things. This is a, a rare opportunity in which we like to dub these episodes Rants and Raves, where we kind of take one subject and that pretty much consumes the entirety of the episode, because uh, there, there's just, it's more discussion than 30 or 40 minutes can allow most of the time. So, like I said, and like you probably saw in the title, Best and Worst of the Year 2016. It's always kind of polarizing to talk about this with you guys, but I think 2016 was a bad year for everybody and anytime we mm-hmm. can we got to rehash those memories i apologize in advance but um <laughs> i think i kind of see this as clearing the air and we can just move on officially from yeah 2016 yeah. if you have ptsd from 2016 then you know this is your exactly. warning now this Sorry. is your trigger warning now <laughs> exactly so we like to start this off with uh more of the fun conversation and less of the serious uh, gonna make you cry and vomit type stuff, which is <laughs> so heck of a combo. <laughs> crying, I cr- you don't vomit every time you cry, like <laughs> I do. Uh, <laughs> just part of it. You might want to consult the doctor. Yeah, not every <laughs> time. Um, there. Kindergarten was really hard for Kent. <laughs> <laughs> How'd you know? It was way harder on his teacher, though. Yeah, just ah, uh, jeez. It's okay. mom left Garrison's here. puking again. Oh, Lord, here come the waterworks. Okay, so, we'll start off, I think, appropriately with worst of the year, speaking of vomit. Um, <laughs> Brian, I guess we can kind of start with your number 10. Uh, we're all going to have one of each, so we're going to go around the table, starting with 10, work our way down to one. We'll do the same for uh, best movies of the year. Brian. Number mm-hmm. ten. Are there first of all any honorable mentions? Were there so many bad movies that you just couldn't put all of them? There. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. There were a lot. There were a lot. There were a lot of movies that. Uh, I think there were a lot of movies this year that, in a normal year like 2015 or any previous year, probably would have made the list. So, um, so that that tells you something. And they didn't. They got cut this time. Like, uh, I didn't. I didn't mention. I wrote a piece on our blog. Uh, with my worst ten, Ghostbusters didn't get mentioned. Uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles two didn't get mentioned. Both of those movies are pretty terrible, uh, but they, uh, for me, they weren't cream of the crop terrible. <laughs> like what would I, what would so. you say if I told you one of them was in my top five, Brian? I'm good with that. I think that's totally fair. I I also know I'm looking at my top ten list, and I I'm saying I, top I five best of the year. 
Yeah. Oh gosh. Well, I'm gonna quit now and uh, the other <laughs> way. Uh, just walk off into the sunset and consider my life. Uh, so look, it, it was a rough year. We we all know that. So there was probably there's probably a solid 20 movies that were in contention for the bottom 10 spot for me. So that's that's always what you want, right? I put Assassin's Creed as my official honorable mention on on the blog, okay. um, and it's it's definitely not worth your time. So that's you know that's what you want. Uh, it continues the trend of of fun, incredible uh, video game movie experiences. Okay, so that's your honorable mention. I need to preface. I need to preface the list first of all. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is not. I mean, not. I guess it is kind of worst of the year and best of the year, but this is kind of what we've seen. Our favorites, yeah, you, you, our favorites right. and least favorites. We have not seen every single movie. It's honestly impossible to see every movie that comes out. It, I'll just preface my list personally by saying these are movies, the ones that I've seen, I rank them. There are plenty right. of great movies that I have not seen this year. So this is not the sure. definitive list by any means. This is more our favorites and least favorites of the year. I yeah. always need to make that preface, um, especially in worst of the year, because there are a lot of movies that I just avoided this year. Yeah, I, I avoided sure, totally. The, totally. The, the, the Divergent. Allegiance mm-hmm. of the world, the mm-hmm. fifth wave. Uh, there, there are, you know, nine lives. There are ones that I'm just like, I'm not going to go see it. I know it's bad. Yeah. And I'm sure if I saw it, it'd be on my list. So, yeah. And, and for my part, I hate horror movies. I know I'm going to dislike almost every horror movie that I see. So I just kind of, it's not just that I don't go see them, it's that I almost exclude them from, even if they're terrible, from this kind of list because. Um, I know they're not geared towards me. So it's like if I'm not even kind of close to any part of the target audience, then it almost gets a pass for me in some ways of just like it might be good. I don't know. It's not for me. Does that make sense? Yeah, I will say 2016 good year for horror movies. They're none of them made my top 10. Yeah, seem like it, but yeah. I, I, I liked a lot of the movie. I like don't breathe lights out. 10 Cloverfield Lane was kind of creepy. Uh, the Shallows had some creepy stuff to it. Um, the Conjuring Green Two, Green Room. Room. Uh, so it mm-hmm. was a strong year for horror in in of itself. But we can preface this also by saying we probably won't have any horror movies on the lists this year. Yeah. But all right. So number ten, Brian. Number ten for me is probably the most divisive as far as uh, general audiences or our, our audience goes. I know a lot of people really like this. Um, I'm willing to admit that it may potentially be that it's just not for me. Uh, I I don't get it at all. Um, number ten for me is Swiss Army Man. I hated it. Uh, I, I don't think I finished it. I think I quit after about forty five or fifty minutes, which I never do. I never turn off a movie, and I just got to a certain point where I was like, I there's not a there. Nothing could happen in the rest of this movie that would that would turn me around and make me enjoy this. So I'm out. <laughs> um, I saw that in the theater. I think actually, mm-hmm. uh, we talked about out, doing an episode, and I and I, I don't think it was we ever um, got around to it. But I mean, Paul Dano is awesome. I think I would see mm-hmm. almost anything he's in. So that's kind of what attracted me to it. Um, and it kind of got some crazy reviews at Sundance and in the film festival circuit, where it was just kind of a weird. Uh, combination of a lot of different things. Um, I could have done without the farting thing, you know? Like, <laughs> if it had been burping or literally they just didn't have that in the movie, it would have been a way better movie, in my opinion. I thought it was really artistic and well shot and creative and all that stuff and good performances, but I was just like, this is, there's no reason, you know, it ruined the movie for me. Um, it's used as comic relief, but it's just kind of, 
I don't know, confusing. I'm glad we. It's cut almost like a, a fake. The first year of our show too. Yeah, I cut it. Spent years of editing, but we fixed it. <laughs> <laughs> Filter technology. Um, it it's something that it seems like a joke at the time, like in the pitch. You know what I mean? Like this guy comes across a dead yes. body and he has these kind of surreal experiences and it yes. helps him survive in the wilderness. And also the corpse farts all the time. <laughs> right. It's like, right. no, uh, you had me until you started talking about the fart, you know? I mean, it yeah. seems like a joke that they just never let die. Right. And some people were all in on it and thought it was funny and creative. And I, and I, I like I said, this yeah, might've been good. a top 10 of the year for me if it hadn't been for that honestly because yeah. it was well it's, made and, it's just and, strange yeah. weird i don't know i said in my my little blog that i thought it, it to me it seemed like the type of movie where it's like because because it comes from an art house environment and and two directors who go uh, go by daniels you know I, it, it kind of got i don't know i i feel like if uh if the if the uh oh gosh what's the the ferrelli brothers made this this is an f fairly for yeah. everybody fairly you know so to me it just it it reeked of it came from an art house environment so it must be good and that's so that's where i went with it so that was my number 10 what about you guys i didn't i just didn't know if that was if it was trying what it was trying to be comedy or what sure what was your number sure. 10 Richard? Totally fair. my number 10 was independence day 2 gosh yeah. surgeons okay yeah. well we can talk about that now because i didn't have 10 bad movies that i could rank as definitively bad on my list and the ones i did rank are bad but mine stops at number eight believe it or not for my bad movies of the year but Man, id4 i can loan you some movies if you want yeah you saw a lot more bad movies than me i guess this year <laughs> i did not see assassins i did see swiss army man but it didn't make my worst of the year list like i said it it would probably rank on number 17 of my best of the year list but the farting like is why it's 17 it might be a number 11 if just for like i said how it was maiden in the uh in the context of of filmmaking so my mm -hmm. number six is actually id for richard we'll talk about it here i don't want to we don't need to bring it up again um independence day resurgence kind of no reason that this needed to come out other than everything is getting rebooted uh couldn't get will smith so they should have dropped it then and jeff goldblum's great american treasure love you don't need you headlining a blockbuster in 2016 especially a blockbuster that is tired and overblown and brings almost nothing new to the table. And, you know, if, if he was in the new Spielberg movie, I'd be pretty jazzed, you know, but this is just like, come on, man. I'm sure that it was good paychecks for all. Uh, seemed kind of forced. The stuff with, um, the stuff with his dad and the kids and the bus and the, Oh, just what is happening? Um, yeah, it made my worst of the year list at number six. It was pretty ridiculous. I'm sure it's on your list too, Brian. Number four on my list. Yeah, <laughs> pretty high. Pretty high. That movie made me viscerally angry. Like, I just, I could not. I, that was I don't almost know the breaking point of remakes, honestly. It, it was. Or it, I mean, there's a there's so many this year. There's so many unnecessary remakes and, and reboots and sequels and prequels and all that sort of stuff. And look, that's going to be reality for a long time to come. And that's, I don't care. But. Make them, can you just make them passable? Can we, can we sort of have a good time with these movies and not within 10 minutes? I, I looked at my wife, we were watching the movie, and I was like, can we just leave? This is friggin' terrible. And that's, that's not what you want. So, yeah, number four for me, uh, number 10 for Richard, and number six for you, Kent. Is that what you said? Yeah, six. Okay, cool. What's your number nine? 
For me, uh, I know I know Richard will agree with me on this. I I don't think you saw this one, Kent. Alice through the Looking Glass no, is a, see, yeah, atrocious, atrocious. Um, Richard's solo episode was yeah. 100 billion times more enjoyable than the movie itself. If was. I had so, seen it, there would good. be no Richard through the Looking Glass. So <laughs> I'm glad I. I saw that. it well after the fact and watched it on DVD or something, and it was just it. I don't know who decided it was a good idea to make Alice um, Keira Knightley's character from Pirates of the Caribbean, but that's what they tried to do, and it, it boy, it's atrocious. Just atrocious. Yeah. I can imagine. <laughs> yeah, I, can imagine. I, I, I will uh, sit this conversation out a bit because I've, I've given <laughs> over an hour of thoughts on it. Uh, but it's a, um, it's a spectacular, you know, and I actually was, I mean, the reason we, I had to do the episode because I thought I was kind of interested in it because I like uh, Bobin or Bobbin or however you say James it. James Bobin, yeah. Yeah, but uh, yikes. Yeah, it's weird. You, it's that weird was the Disney. bet. Yeah, the bet was yeah. you said it would be better than Alice. And Rotten Tomatoes, and if not, that you would have to do a solo episode, and it and was if worse. we got fifty tweets, we had fifty. And it was fifty tweets, tweets with tweets hashtag like Richard Tiffel yeah. to us. So yeah, there goes it is. up for yeah. a good time. Um, yeah, I'm glad I didn't see it, and hopefully we don't get a third one. That's all I can really say. But that kind of leads into my number nine, which is nothing. And uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, so mine yeah. starts at number eight. What's your number nine, Richard? Uh, oh yeah, sorry. No, my number nine is. Uh... Uh, a, a wonderful film, a heartwarming uh, film uh, called X-Men Apocalypse. Oh, mm. gosh, I forgot about that. That should have made the list. <laughs> oh, I can't believe I forgot about that. Oh, my goodness. Okay, that's my number nine, too. Wow. <laughs> um, you guys kept no, it's very my, it's my number spreadsheet eight. every year. This wouldn't be a yeah. problem. You'd never forget any movie you've ever seen. Hey, girls. It's my number eight. Um, <laughs> hey, so my number... <laughs> My number nine is actually Fantastic Beasts, guys. Oh, man. Um, Real low on that. Wow. That's sad. I I mean, I wasn't low on it at the time. I was like, yeah, fine. But just thinking about it made me never really (laughs) want to revisit that universe again. I mean, with not Harry Potter, that universe, just the, uh, I don't know. I, I, I I can't really get on board with Harry Potter to begin with. Uh, I mean, the Eddie Redmayne thing, I think yeah. that's made the main thing. Yeah, if if it fair. was anyone, if it was Joseph Gordon-Levitt or somebody, mm-hmm. and, and I would be like, yeah, sure, let's go. But it's just a beating. I don't know. He I, is I don't a beating. Know. And he, he really he, is. He never broke out of the shell in the movie. Like, he was doing this weird, like, wimpy, like, crying kid thing. <laughs> and never overcame it as a character. It won one moment of the movie. Um, yeah. and it was pretty bad to begin with. Um, so the more I thought yeah. about it, the more I soured on it. And I was just like, no, just stop. So mm. <laughs> I'm sorry if I, I offend the people, the Harry Potter <laughs> uh, geeks out there, but I wouldn't have either of those movies, Fantastic Beast or X-Men on my worst of the year list, but they were both big contenders on my disappointed list. Yeah. So um, strong. So that's well, my fair. number eight is the X-Men apocalypse. Is this on your mm. list, Brian? No, I had, you know, I think I gave X-Men Apocalypse like a C plus, which kept it well out of the running for uh, for this this particular episode that we're doing right now. So very disappointing. Uh, I think probably the worst of the X-Men movies, except for Last Stand. Um, But there was enough to where I was like not 
I don't know, cutting my wrist during the movies. And that's, that is something that potentially could have happened during some of these movies for me. So, yeah, mainly Oscar Isaac as apocalypse, huge letdown. Mm-hmm. And I might've hated X-Men more than Suicide mm. Squad. Yeah, I would say I didn't hate it more, but it, I was more ticked at the end of, uh, of X-Men than, than Suicide Squad. Cause the DC has just, defecated in my face so many times that it's like i'm just like a beaten dog at this point and i really like the x-men universe that's my favorite comic book universe so a bad x-men movie really really ticks me off that's fair i can't believe i mixed them up because i always think suicide squad i think the joker and then harley Mm. and but then i remembered oh yeah they had like 50 villains in a movie where everybody should have been a hero but it just that's a that's a mess but I, I, is there any difference between Enchantress and Apocalypse? And you know what I mean? Well, the, uh, the dance, the dance well, is one. Thing, so. No, I'm just as far as like, uh, are you bringing anything to the table? You know, uh, Apocalypse was just Ivan Ooze. You know, uh, what? <laughs> just thinking about that movie and can't believe it. What it is, what it was. Um, that was a disappointment. Good gosh, Nightcrawler. Oh my gosh. Um. No, stop. Um, sorry, Brian Singer. Sorry. <laughs> so Suicide Squad is next on my list. We could start there. Um, David Ayer's come out and said, you know, guys, sorry. I know it sucked, but you know what? If I could do it over again, it'd be a good movie because I would put more. Yeah, I'm really tired of these directors it. doing this. This is so played out. It's the worst. And he says he would have made Joker. It would made him. He would have made it a Joker movie, basically. And my thought is that would have made it a lot worse because Joker yeah. was the worst part of the movie. It and the worse than Enchantress. Of extra Joker are terrible. Yes, worse than Enchantress if that's even possible. Mm, but man, but again, what a, what a who's who a, terrible characters. In it's a movie that, um, in theory and concept, you know, great. You know, the pitch is great. The trailer sells itself. You know, but mm. um, and it was you know, very successful commercially and financially and all that, not critically. And the fanboys kind of ripped it apart. So that's not what you want going forward. If you're trying to spawn a franchise, but man, pretty much a letdown and just kind of overstuffed with everything with the, how much music they tried to, how much it wanted to be guardians of the galaxy and, um, how much it wanted to kind of be the complete opposite of all the other superhero movies. But, kind of to a fault, but Will Smith was pretty strong in it. I'll say that it made me think, wow, Will Smith could be in a good Marvel movie. You know, he could kind of fit that role if he wanted to. Um, but you know, kind of misguided. And I think they are spinning off Harley Quinn into it's called sirens of sirens of Arkham or something like that. Um, and it's going to be it's all, called, fe- I don't want to watch that. It's called, it's it's all called. female. It's called, this lady. should be a video game. <laughs> yeah. Gotham City Sirens, that's what it's called. Oh gosh. And it's, I already hate that movie. Mm. <laughs> it sounds like a it sounds fake, honestly. It sounds like yes. a bad like HBO late night show. <laughs> it <laughs> right. does. Right after Taxi Cab Confessions. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right now Margot Robbie is Sirens. the only one that's attached. So mm. hopefully people we love stay away. But Suicide Squad, X Men, Apocalypse, just bad crap, BVS, which we'll talk about all blended nope. together into a, just a horrible mesh of awful, desperate, uh, 
misguided superhero nonsense that is 2016. Besides Captain America Civil War, which was strong to quite strong as far as the MCU is concerned, but just kind of more of the same from them as far as that is concerned. So, I guess we'll go with your seven, Brian? My eight is Warcraft, which I don't eight. think either okay. of y'all saw. Oh, nope. on my list, Brian. Believe it or not. Oh, wow. I, I have, you. I've been on some airplanes lately. <laughs> oh, no. Oh. So there's okay. a few things on here you may not have known. <laughs> I'm super excited now. There's some mystery to the list now, guys. Um, Warcraft's awful. And I, to me, the, maybe the worst part about Warcraft is that I really like Duncan Jones. I think he is a director who has a great movie in him and would be great to be involved in the Star Wars universe or uh, or just, you know, making his own original ideas. I don't care. I think he can do something awesome. And instead, he spent like three years making this movie come and together. And it is so, so bad. And it made money overseas. So maybe no one learned their lesson. So it's like triply bad. Uh, and that's that's a real bummer. I hate when a move. I hate when a terrible movie wastes the time of a of a good actor, a good director, or something like that. That's that's always that always sticks in my craw even more than just being a bad movie. So Warcraft is a pretty pretty terrible film that no one no one should go out and watch. There's some of these on this list, you know, that I'll, we'll say occasionally. Sometimes when we see a, say a bad movie, see a bad movie, we'll say, hey, you guys need to go see this so we can talk about how terrible it is. This is not one of those occasions. It's just it's just bad and not enjoyably bad either i heard there's a good scene in it there's a big nope. battle scene that's the, good it's not like dude, two it's guys most, fighting it's the most cgi you have it, it is cg you know the cgi explosion of like the late 90s early 2000s it looks like that it's that it's not good that i think that may be that's part of the the biggest problem with the movie beyond the fact that it's about 10 years past it's uh it's due by date um because no one uh, no one cares anymore but it, regardless it looks terrible and they spent so much money to make it look good and there's not it does it's just they're not paying off on that that investment and that's ooh, ooh, it's so bad and it's ugly it's it's kind of assaulting on the eyes as well it looks worse than warcraft that's how you know it's it looks worse than source material that's never good um so made 47 million in the u.s which is mm. a little bit more than i thought it made but total, it made almost a half a billion dollars. It made four hundred thirty-three million dollars total. Eighty-nine, eighty-nine percent foreign on Warcraft. So success in a way, I guess. Duncan Jones can always kind of point to that. But again, guys, somebody that we like and that we want involved in better things, Duncan Jones falls in that category. Yes, totally. So. What is your number seven, Richard? Was it Warcraft? Yeah, no. Uh, let me see. I've got my list here. No, Warcraft's a little higher on my list, though. Uh, but it's a movie I don't think either of you guys saw. Another airplane movie I saw that was uh, truly atrocious. Um, it, it was the third movie on this list to to carry a certain actor, and oh, no. uh, and it's sadly an actor I kind of I don't consider myself a hater of. But uh, a little movie called Cafe Society. Oh no, it's a Woody Allen film. It's mm. you know, Woody Allen is is capable of some incredible highs and some uh, enormous lows, uh, both uh, you know, <laughs> allegedly in his personal life and and on film. But uh, this is a a really bad Woody Allen movie. <laughs> like, oh. so he I, does we, movies just for the sake of doing them, like right? Because he has to do one every year. 
I didn't even know and this. I didn't even know it had Steve Carell in it. Wow. Yeah, it's got a great cast, and it's really bad. <laughs> it's really bad, and it's got he's, uh, Jesse he's, 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 he's in about three every of my year. top. Yeah, yeah he's had he a should. lot of misses. He hasn't had any hits since 2013, so that's four films ago. Blue Jasmine. Yeah, Mag- Magic in the Moonlight was okay if you like that kind of movie. Um, the, maybe the best thing he's done lately is that Amazon series, Crisis in Six Scenes, which is kind of old school Annie Hall style Woody Allen, restarring in it and doing the whole thing. Yeah. And that's strong. That's that's kind of what you would expect Woody to be like. I I would expect him to be like if you want to check that out. Crisis in Six Scenes worth checking out on Amazon streaming. But maybe that's what he put all his effort into this year. It's just like, yeah, I've got this script. We'll do it. But maybe he he um, took more pride in his Amazon, his TV series. It's the first thing he's ever done, I guess, and kind of split split up. It's kind of one story split up into seven parts or whatever. So, wow. Rare that a Woody Allen movie would make your worst of the year list, Richard. I know. But I was, it was, it's actually not even that badly reviewed. I think I remember I watched it because I was like, oh, this would be fine. It's like 70% on Rotten Tomatoes. And I like Woody Allen in that kind of world a lot. And uh, it was not good. So we'll just, <laughs> we'll just move on to the next one. Kent, what was your uh, next one on? My the next list? one was Suicide Squad and then Independence Day. And okay. so mm-hmm. we'll go to my next one, which is it's now infamous on the show, actually. It's, it's, it's spawned its own fan club, I hear. <laughs> The little-known film known as Now You See Me 2. Yep. Not a boy. Now You See Me 2. <laughs> and I'm talking That's about... number six for me, yeah. It is? Yeah, it's number yeah. five. Um, nice. Yeah, it's number two for me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I wanted it to be number one, but... but oh, yeah. so, this is Hard a bad year, year for movies. Hard. For yeah. bad movies. The ones that were bad were really bad. Um... Now you see me too, the Harrelson twin thing. What are mm. you doing? Uh, why does this have a sequel to begin with? We've talked about this movie 9,000 hours probably. <laughs> Pro- we've talked about Now You See Me more than the people who made Now You See Me have talked about Now You See Me. <laughs> so we need to move on as a, as a society. Now You See Me too, R.I.P. And uh, we'll see you a, a third time around uh, yeah. before Horsemen or Five or however many there are of you now. So yep. I think we'll, we'll, talk, uh, we'll or, see you in 2019 on your list, Richard, number two and number five or number six, two. For yep. right. six for me, two for Richard. What for you? Five, five for you. Okay. So cool. where, yeah. where would we, what would we say now? Is it better than now you see me? No. Oh no, <laughs> no, no. Now you see me as an awful movie for a lot of reasons, but it is watchable. This is like, you I don't take know, all, man. <laughs> don't you take know. all the awfulness of now you see me and then add in, an unnecessary sequel element, a even further ridiculous and complicated plot. Like, guys, <laughs> Morgan Freeman went to jail for a while just so that Mark Ruffalo could be ready. Yeah, to but his learn jail was who's sick. in charge he had of lobster the there. <laughs> it's just, it's unbelievable. <laughs> it's unbelievable. I am, I fully believe at this point that the script for Now You See Me got written by the day. That they had nothing in place when they started the movie, and they're just like, eh, we'll come up with something when we get there. And it just gets more and more convoluted by the day. It's like a choose-your-own-adventure for drunkards. I, it's just, it's insane. It's insane. Sweet card-throwing. CGI card-throwing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so much card-throwing. They had that... 
they had that chip it, out yeah. of harm's way like 50 times and kept flinging it back towards people yeah. who were yeah. like in basketball when you get an open shot and yes. then you just keep yes. overpassing yes. yeah. the, the Chandler Parsons pump fake into a worse shot yes it's like over and over again yeah I I agree it's in theory you're like oh this is cool and it's overdone immediately uh, <laughs> yeah, that's almost everything with that with that franchise yeah. and people still think studios still think we care about magic as a world We're, we don't <laughs> that is my we don't it's care about magic yeah. we don't need the to magic see magic studio. movies we don't we copperfield was popular 17 years ago maybe um and he was probably pretty phased out 17 years ago so probably don't want to don't want to keep uh doing but i mean we talked to chris angel's assistant he was, <laughs> and he said he told us that if you're in the rafters, it's all it's all tricks. Mm. They're not Gosh. really doing magic. So, sorry so the three my three most favorite conversations <laughs> I've ever had. Uh, I just I, that was fun, Richard. We we uh, Richard and I again we, we've said before we saw now you see me at a pre screening or whatever. So that's kind of what started it. All this we tried to warn the people before it came out. Uh, it didn't really work. So hopefully we'll see or not see a third installment in the eye trilogy okay 2019 bro Gosh. get ready what are the writers though two writers same director now you three me? Yeah. <laughs> if it's not now you three me once again another huge opportunity missed yes so it will not be now you three me yeah all right they're not yet good enough to do that my next one on the list on worst of 2016 is beavis batman the superman oh, man Gosh. of justice what number are you at now this is four this is four. for you yeah oh, man yeah. this is three spots too high bro yes i don't know man. <laughs> yeah. i had this at number three mm. man you guys are nice i don't i don't know what to do now well i mean i was out on it but then the piss jar kind of brought me back <laughs> <laughs> that's what i mean the, the, the pee uh, jar made it yeah. worth the experience of two and a half mm. hours of nonsense nothing uh, it brought a lot of great memes and fun internet uh, <laughs> moments this year, so it did bring us that. It brought me a lot of good part. laughs. It's my favorite part of this sh- this episode when we do the show. It's like, well, it was terrible. I mean, truly terrible. However, it did make me laugh because of how bad it was, and the memes were fun. And like in the case of now, you see me. It's fueled our show for four years. So you got to <laughs> give it some credit, you know. That's true, but um. Again, Snyder needs to stop. Um, they've hitched their train to him, and it's proven wrong or bad or whatever you want to call it time and time again, but they never seem to, yeah. Warner Brothers, yeah. that is, never seems to care mm-hmm. uh, if the movies are good, which is pretty confusing. I, I, I You spend all that time and money, and I mean... If it's not good, then what? what? You know, like, how do you sleep at night? I, I mean, honestly. Uh, yeah. Um, I don't know. They, Ben Affleck seems to be trying to pull out of this solo Batman movie. Mm-hmm. Or he yeah. just kind of wants out of the whole DC universe, you know, which I don't blame him. And it seems as if The Rock is all in now. They just gave him two movies or three movies in the DC universe. And he's like, man, can't wait childhood dream to join dc and it's just like bro get out while you still can seriously trust us on this one seriously man (laughs) we love you dude 
your family. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, just Justice League is what a month away, two months away, or something, isn't it? Twenty seventeen? No, yeah, but it's late. It's like I think it's November, honestly. Oh, really? So I thought it was got, a March again. Got more time to to wait for it. Yeah, That's pretty excited. Well, we have Wonder Woman this year, which I've heard great. Yeah, Wonder about. Woman's June, I think, and then Justice League is November. Nothing screams awards like Justice League, but yeah, that's that's what you want to spend the holidays with your fam. <laughs> Just sit back, relax, watch some snides. Oh, yeah. So it ranked uh, number three on your list, Richard. Yes. What was number four for you then? Number four for me was the Turtles. Okay. Mm. Yeah, it's a movie I kind of forgot about, but I well, we did an episode on it. We do have done an episode on all these movies on these lists. So if you want to go back and listen to our Two hours of Suicide Squad thoughts. An hour and a half on X-Men Apocalypse. Go for it. But uh, it's one that I enjoyed more than I wanted to or wanted to admit. Because I love the Turtles. I love them. So it's a kind of a silly franchise that I can get on board with. Um, that was kind of my thing. I didn't expect it to be good. It wasn't good. I was, it was fine. It's what I expected it to be. It was cheesy. Um, bad acting, bad direction, and some pretty cool CGI. So that was basically it. And it uh, and uh, it had more Megan Fox, which is always a good thing. So <laughs> yeah, it was pretty bad. It's pretty bad though. It was. Uh, it's not yeah. great. Not great. I, I enjoyed it. it. I enjoyed it, but it was not good. Not a good movie. <laughs> I thought it was quite a step up from the first Turtles movie that we got yeah, two yeah, years ago. Yeah, that's true. And yet, also still a D. So that overstuffed with, with again, I've used that term so much, which kind of de- seriously describes the year. It, it's overstuffed with, uh, oh, we're gonna have Bebop and Rocksteady. Oh, we're gonna have Casey Jones. Oh, we're gonna, you know, the Shredder's gonna, oh, we're gonna have the Krang and all this crap. Um, it was too much, too soon. Mm-hmm. And I think yeah. maybe they would have gotten a third movie if they had taken yeah. it easy. Maybe just Spider Man Three Syndrome. Yeah. yeah, exactly, exactly. So. Um, didn't rank on my list. It probably would fall somewhere in the ether between the bad and the good this year for me. So, uh, what, what was your number? Did we get number four? I'm going to, I'm going to play a little catch up here. Okay. My number seven was gods of Egypt, which I don't think you guys <laughs> thought mercifully. Neither <laughs> of you saw that. Didn't one. even know that was this year. I thought that was last year. Honestly. <laughs> yeah. It was Truly, last January, uh, wasn't it? Yeah, it was like March or May, one of somewhere in that that early early spring or late spring. So uh, you know, it's good. It's uh, not only is it a bad movie, it's also horribly racist. So that's good. That's really February. what we're it for. February. Okay, it's February. Yeah, I know. Yeah, it was racist last year. This year, I don't know. Maybe if it came <laughs> out a year later, it would be declared a, a triumph. I don't know. But uh, I, you know. <laughs> When you're casting Jamie Lannister and and, Ger- and uh, Gerard Butler as uh, you know Egyptians, Egyptian gods no less, um, maybe maybe go a different direction with that. So it, that's terrible. Uh, Can you not... tell I'm from Cairo? <laughs> it's true. I mean, you're joking, but that's really not far off. I mean, really, it's it's right up that, that my house. authentic North bad. African accent. <laughs> yeah. Good day, mate. Uh, it's just, it's pretty terrible. Uh, number seven for me, Gods of Egypt. Number six was Now You See Me Too. Number five, Suicide Squad, um, which I, I hate. I hate, I hate, I hate. And I, Tetris. I'm never going to forgive any. I just, you know, I, I almost put that. I truly, I really thought about that one as far as up as number one. Um, I dropped it down to five just because 
I, I don't I don't know why, honestly. Like Will Smith wasn't terrible and Margot Robbie, I thought that character design was awful, but that she was pretty good at it. If that is some sort of a positive, I don't know. It awful movie. I still can't believe that it went that poorly. I think we, I think I I knew by the time Batman v Superman came out, because we knew well in advance, this is I'd love to be wrong, but this is going to be terrible. Suicide Squad up until the week before it came out, I still felt like there's a chance that this turns out well, and it just, it did not. So, and it kind of, that kind of dashed all my hopes for DC Universe as long as not just Zack Snyder's presence is, is involved, but just that his, like, everything that he's done still has any kind of sway or effect. Like, we need, like, a 10-year off period with no DC movies to kind of, I don't know, get the Zack Snyder stink out of the building and start over. Uh, I just, I don't think I'll ever have any anticipation for a dc movie based solely on what suicide squad did to us so that's five for me four was independence research or independence day resurgence which we've talked about at length and is terrible uh so i'm at three now this movie hasn't been brought up yet i kind of think you guys may have forgot it happened which i don't blame you is zoolander 2 which oh no, Brian! Happen. I did not. Oh no! It. Yes, yes, yes. Good. Uh, did happen in 2016. I know that's hard to remember. Way back to uh, February. Uh, but that was that was one of the worst movie experiences I have I have ever had. <laughs> Some would say maybe the worst of the year. <laughs> it's uh, it's pretty, it's pretty far up there, man. It. I don't love Zoolander, the original Zoolander, like some people do. I think it's fine. It has its place, and I think Zoolander 2 proved pretty definitively that its place is 2001 and not one moment past that. Uh, this, we said at the time, it feels like this movie was written one week after Zoolander premiered and has just been sitting uh, in somebody's hard drive ever since and was not updated for one second. It was, it's a brutal, brutal, terrible film. I laughed. I believe I laughed one time and it was like a snicker. So that's, that's what you want from a comedy, right? That's, that's all you're looking for is one, one kind of pathetic laugh. So that's number three for me, Zoolander two. Wow. Yeah. Zoolander two is number, number two on my list. Uh, Brian, mm. I'm, so, I'm glad we're we're uh, kind of in agreement here on its its horribleness. I feel like we got some flack for calling that one out for being as bad as it is, and a lot of people said, basically, oh, it's fine, it's fine. No, it's not fine. Who it's said it's, that. It's, and can we block? I them? don't remember. <laughs> <laughs> I feel them. like we got a decent amount of of pushback on. It's not that bad. You guys are being too critical. No, it's not. It's not good. It's not. There wasn't. Good. There wasn't anything that like saw that uh, Cumberbatch character. Remember that? Like the mm. the genderless, like the now, super offend, yeah. super offensive genderless <laughs> character. And then, then like the thing Armisen did as the kid. Remember that? Mm. What was mm. that? I, I don't know. It was just very, very misguided. And um, you want the best for Ben Stiller. And I think Zoolander the character. Like when he shows up and on SNL or something, it's funny, you know. It's still got some kind of sketch comedy relevance, but not another movie and not this with this script. And yeah. he always said, you know, I'm not going to make it unless we get the right script because they've been, you know, asking him about it since the first one came out. But this was it, you know. <laughs> I think he just kind of felt like he'd call his friends and they would each come in and do a scene or whatever, and it would be funny because they're funny people. But it just wasn't the case. Mm-hmm. So. Zoolander 2, wow. 
Um, if we go next on my list, it's, I guess, one that didn't make y'all's lists, and I'm really confused but by it. <laughs> uh, Ghostbusters Answer the Call. I'm unfamiliar with that movie. Yeah, it's, that's what it's called officially. Answer the Call. So it's called for the DVD. It's always a good thing when you change the title of your movie for the home video release, right? That's yeah, a good thing. Yeah, that's all because, you, yeah. To avoid the confusion that you yourself caused by all by releasing this movie with a very confusing marketing campaign. And I guess I hate how Paul Feig has seriously made it his life's work to try to convince people that it's a good movie. Like if you follow him on Twitter, it's just every yeah. tweet is about is either retweeting somebody that said, oh, my gosh, I love Ghostbusters or some kid dressed up as a Ghostbuster as if as if anything any love that has to do with Ghostbusters is because of him now, you know, like yeah. there's no one could, uh, Oh, these guys have an Ecto, uh, you know, the Ecto one, they remade it. Oh, that's cause yeah. of my movie. See, it's a good movie. Yeah. You know, uh, you know, I would even take it a step farther to say he's made it his life goal to, to shame people into saying yeah. that Ghostbusters yeah. he, he is can't a good admit movie. that he just yeah. made a bad movie, which he's made. It's not like he sucks cause he's made some really good movies yeah. or he just, or even he just, just made admit a- that it, it didn't resonate with yeah. everybody like it's fine it's fine i, I yes yeah. you've I done great it, it the concept as we've said a million times wasn't a bad idea all girl ghostbusters it is a perfectly fine idea if you're going to reboot ghostbusters i would say don't reboot it but if you're going to do it that's great that's a good way to do it mm-hmm. it just sucks just own that it's we not have, trying to guilt everyone else yeah and and it was he, i mean he's responsible he wrote the movie the script was really yeah. bad and, and last time was, I checked, he's a dude, so it doesn't make us sexist to say that script sucked, right? <laughs> Boo- booyah, emphasis on the boo, oh, was gosh. an actual line in the movie. Exactly. So that's all you need to really say, uh, Paul. Mm. I, 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 I just don't know how. I mean, as I, just thinking, how do these, how does it even get past the the script stage? You know what I mean? I just, oh, yeah, I'm just. Uh, this is Ghostbusters. You gotta, you gotta care more, or you gotta. It's gotta be better. You just don't, just don't make the movie. If it's, <laughs> if it's the. I mean, how could? I'm just concerned about the tastes of Hollywood. Like that's. I mean, my yeah. top, my top movies of the year will negate that opinion. But I mean, guys, but what, Bill, what are you doing? You know, I mean, <laughs> I, I don't. Paul Feig's a great guy. I'm sure, and that's what convinced you know Bill Murray. Come on, oh Paul Feig, yeah, great. You know, make some great comedies in the past um no no and if you want to hear our full thoughts listen to our episode on it (laughs) so gosh plenty of plenty of stuff to break down in that one so ghostbusters answer the call my number three my number two was zoolander which we already talked Mm. about and uh where what do we have left on y'all's i've got one and two what do you got richard yeah one and two let's give our give our ones what's your twos my number two is Now You See Me Too. Oh, wow. Okay. I was high. And my number one is Zoolander 2. So we've covered wow. both of those. But yeah, the, those are my, my... I'll just run through my list uh, one more time. It's, uh, number 10, Independence Day. Number 9, X-Men. Number 8, Suicide Squad. Number 7, Cafe Society. Number 6, Allison Through the, Look, Alice Through the Looking Glass. Number 5, Warcraft. Number 4, Turtles. Number 3, Batman v Superman. Number 2, Now You See Me Too. And number 1, Zoolander 2. Cool. All right. I'll go through my list. Number one with a bullet through my own brain. Zoolander 2. <laughs> um, number nine, Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them. 
Number eight, Suicide Squad. Number seven, X-Men Apocalypse. Number six, Independence Day Resurgence. Now You See Me Too. Batman vs. Superman. Ghostbusters, Answer the Call. Zoolander 2. And my number one of the year is Billy Lynn's Long Halftime Walk. Oh, I forgot. That's from Ang Lee. Uh, Maybe the most offensive movie I've ever seen. (laughs) I mean, just completely shat all over our armed forces and uh, my my employer and almost everything that I take pride in. Yeah, in America and and people who watch movies. Yeah, and like uh, relationships and men in general. Like made every man to be Mm -hmm. like, oh, I can't sit there and. And uh, enjoy the national anthem. I got to be thinking about getting with this chick later, you know, like just stuff like that. Just yeah. what? Um, I mean, I was never. I don't think I've been that angry in a theater in my <laughs> like, like, like viscerally angry at what, like, offended. Like, I'm not even yeah. in the military, and I, I mean, I, I'm sure if I was, I'd be even more viscerally angry. And it was just so such a horrible representation of everything that we stand for as a country and as a people. So, man. Worst of the year by far, Billy Lynn. Sorry, Ang Lee. Sorry, <laughs> didn't make your list. Wow, number two, baby. I, That's I number two for me. Okay. Yeah, yeah. My, I'll run through my list. Uh, number ten, Swiss Army Man. Number nine, Alice Through the Looking Glass. Eight, Warcraft. Seven, Gods of Egypt. That would make a great double feature, by the way. Uh, <laughs> Warcraft and Gods of Egypt. Uh, number six, Now You See Me Two. Number five, Suicide Squad. Number four, Independence Day Resurgence. Number three, Zoolander Two. Number two, Billy Lynn's Long Halftime Walk, which I agree with. Can might be the most offensive movie I've ever seen. Not just as all the things you listed, but just as a human being. Uh, that is a horrible, horrible movie that I, I cannot believe that uh, I cannot believe that anyone. A greenlit that movie, anyone agreed to be in that movie, and that it's only like forty five percent on Rotten Tomatoes, which I, I can't I can't. How did it even come out? I how did cannot, it even once it got made, how did the studio say this can come you know, this can come out? Yeah, like, well, like, it's, it's not like it's a financial easy. uh you know, it's not like it is Suicide Squad. Well, yeah, it's bad, right. but it's gonna make three hundred million dollars in, in the US. It's, yeah, it's not good. It had no audience, no appeal, and yeah, it, like, this they thing buried could have gotten little shelved, bit, and nobody would have known. You know, yes, and Ang Lee totally could have just yeah. done, you know, some Life of Pi super big CGI blockbuster next, you know, yeah. and be best director next year. You know, if he wanted to, this is gonna well, hurt it, him. It had one of the worst takes of all time. Uh, it made one point seven million dollars in the <laughs> U.S. One point seven million dollars, guys, and that was in. At its peak, it was, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, it's theater run. It was in almost 1,200 theaters, and it oh. made $1.7 million, and it didn't really Total. make any money overseas. Like, it, boy, that is a, that's, Ang Lee. That costs Lee like $100 million, very, too. Yeah, Ang Lee has a very storied career, has a lot of success to his name, and he should be grateful because, but this movie probably, I don't know if this movie gets made if Ang Lee isn't the one pushing it. Uh, but this could end a career for a lot of people. And I think Angley's probably above that happening one bomb, but it is, it's such an atrocious bomb. And it's so, I think he's kind of lucky in some ways that nobody saw it because I think it would have been, I think people would have been really ticked about it if, uh, if they would have seen it, but it was only in theaters for two weeks. No one saw it. It's atrocious. 
one of the very few times in the three, what are we, four years now that we've been doing this show that I've walked out of a theater. I, I can't, maybe, now you see me might be the only other time this has happened where one of us has texted the other, the, the rest of the group and said, we, I just walked out of this movie. We have got to do an episode on this. It's so bad. We've got to talk about it. And that's, uh, that's how I felt walking out of Billy Lynn's long halftime walk where I was the only person in the theater probably. So that whole day, uh, number, number two for me. And that's, Boy, it, it definitely had some contingent for number one. Batman v Superman gets my number one vote. Um, I could, you could absolutely make a case that there are worse movies that we've talked about. Uh, Zoolander and Billy Lynn and uh, probably several others. I am big on app- opportunity cost and to have Batman and Superman in a movie together with that kind of budget. Uh you should not be able to make a bad movie. There's just no way that you should be able to have those two characters and the money that you get to uh, to put that together and the resources and the time and the effort that everyone puts into making a movie of that size and magnitude to make it work and have it be anything less than like a B minus or a C plus at the very worst. And instead... Uh, it's a it's a jar full of urine and it's Martha, Martha, Martha and uh, some the bathtub scene like that's the, the honestly the bathtub scene might make me where they're like doing it basically yes and it's mm-hmm. the and it's like right after she basically I mean it's like it's a weird sort of thing where she puts herself in danger so that Superman will come and save her and her and Jimmy Olsen dies in the process like mm-hmm. and then they're just like well back to the bathtub it's the I, I still. That one sticks with me more even than the urine jar and and Martha to some extent. Uh, Batman branding people. I mean, it's just it was a complete betrayal of <laughs> two two top five probably American characters of all time and you know just normal people who want to enjoy a movie and instead they were treated to like was that movie three hours long? Because it certainly it certainly felt like it. Uh, one of the I mean. This is this is akin to I, I don't know that there's ever been a worse superhero movie, all things considered. It's just it's such a such a punch in the face. Uh, and that's that's probably all I can say without uh, risking my my employment. So that's it's such a terrible film. Is there oh my gosh. something in your mind? Like even though it was pitched Batman versus Superman, they're facing off on the poster and everything. I just never felt like they were enemies. Like they never, never no. felt like they had anything to fight about, you know. <laughs> and then it's just kind of fighting for fighting's sake. And mm. then Martha for happens. twelve seconds. Yeah. For twelve seconds, like one hundred and fifty-one minutes, by the way, uh, oh, Brian, man. for that one. So not a minute wasted either. Mm. So that kind of wraps it up for worst of the year. And what a year, guys! Like, what a bad. <laughs> gosh, if I never have to see. Independence Day Resurgence or Billy Lynn again. It's going to oh, be a fine please, life. Please. Be a fine life. Yeah. Okay. So let's take a break, come back, and talk best movies of the year. Favorite movies of the year and uh, all of the above. We'll, uh, we'll see you in seven seconds. Hey, ma'am, fam, question for you. Do you own a small business or are you a boss? Are you looking to hire awesome people, but you just can't find somebody to fill that role? Let me tell you about ZipRecruiter.com. With ZipRecruiter, you can post your job to 100-plus job sites all with one click. In fact, over 80% of jobs posted on ZipRecruiter get a qualified candidate in just 24 hours. 
Find out today why ZipRecruiter has been used by businesses of all sizes to find the most qualified job candidates with immediate results. That's why ZipRecruiter is different. Unlike other job sites, ZipRecruiter doesn't depend on candidates finding you. It finds them. Right now, you can post your jobs for free on ZipRecruiter by going to ZipRecruiter.com slash mad. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash mad. One more time, try it for free. Go to ZipRecruiter.com slash mad. Thanks to ZipRecruiter for supporting this episode of the Mad About Movies podcast. Hey, what's up, ma'am, fam? Kent here. And yes, if you're hearing from me, you know it's time to talk about Blue Apron. If you haven't tried out Blue Apron by now, what the heck are you even doing? Blue Apron is the number one fresh ingredient and recipe delivery service in the country. They deliver fresh meals straight to your door. All the food is fresh. It's sourced from local farms. And there's no wasted ingredients. I've been a Blue Apron subscriber for a long time now. And they have still, to this day, never let me down. There's tons of variety. Some featured upcoming meals include summer vegetable and egg paninis, soy glazed pork and rice cakes, skillet vegetable chili with cheddar drop biscuits, holy crap, and garlic butter shrimp and corn with green bean salad. So take it from me. Try out Blue Apron now. Go to blueapron.com slash mad. That's blueapron.com slash mad. Get three meals on us for free. Nothing goes better with a movie than dinner. So check out Blue Apron, blueapron.com slash mad. Blue Apron, a better way to cook. Dun, dun, dun. I'm a lot more excited to talk about these than the worst of the year. I've tried to erase them out of my mind already, the worst of the year. So the fact that we had to talk about them just then kind of angered me a bit. So I'm excited to move on. Uh, honorable mentions. We can go here. There were some for me uh, this year. and. Most honorable, I guess, Doctor Strange. Kind of okay. surprising. This might, this could have been my biggest surprise, I guess. Actually, it will go down as my biggest surprise, just because of the fact that this is already a strong year for Disney, already a strong year for the MCU, mm-hmm. and uh, Suicide Squad. I mean, not Suicide uh, Doctor Strange. Gosh, can't get it. Freaking Enchantress out of my freaking brain. <laughs> Doctor Strange, like her spell worked. <laughs> it was a movie that could have just they could have just thrown it together, and it would have again made a lot of money. But I mean, this was a gorgeous mm-hmm. movie. Um, the scene where they go to the astral plane, or where he sees it for the first time. I mean, I saw it in three D. That that might be the best CGI I've ever seen. I'm not even kidding. It was unfreaking believable how they visualized. The Doctor Strange universe, like from the comics, how they kind of conceptualized and translated it to the big screen live action was was very surprising and, uh, you know, enjoyed it a lot more than I thought. So Doctor Strange, never thought I would have said that, you know, it, it was kind of, I don't know, I was I was anticipating it about as about as much as Thor 2, you know what I mean? It's like, eh, it'll co- have some cool, you know, uh, fantasy elements to it. Maybe a okay storyline, but I thought Cumberbatch was awesome as a an American accented Doctor Strange, and <laughs> never thought that would happen. But um, again, CGI was good, and could have could have just thrown it together and made the uh, six hundred fifty million dollars that it made when it, mm-hmm. it was all said and done. So, props to Marvel Studios again. Props to Walt Disney Studios again, and director Scott Derrickson as well. Yeah, and Kevin Feige. Great job. I can't, man. Hasn't he's only let us down a couple of times? So yeah. keep it coming. 
And Rachel McAdams was there, so yes, there was a time travel element, if you were wondering. <laughs> so, uh, what, what? any honorable mentions for your best of the years? No honorable mention, but I'll get it out of the way. My number 10 was Doctor Strange. Oh, cool. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, I, I didn't think it would get brought up, so I thought I needed to mention it. But that is, that's encouraging that it was uh, number 10. What about you, Brian? Any honorables? Yeah, I had I had probably fifteen movies that were mm-hmm. that were going for my top my top ten spots. Um, I cut I cut Civil War uh, and Deadpool, which were both really solid offerings from the beginning of the year. Uh, I really like I love I love Manchester by the Sea. I would totally give that a uh, an Oscar nomination if if I was allowed to do so. But I'm also never going to watch it again. So. That kind of keeps it off my uh, my top ten list. Again, we should say for at least for me, and I, I think you guys are with me. This is for me a top ten list is some sort of combination of a of best of the year and favorite of the year. So a movie like Manchester by the Sea that is great and uh, deserves all the award attention that it's it, it's getting is is tough to tough to rank higher than some of these other movies because I I also don't I don't want to watch it again. So I cut that. Um, I really I loved Hidden Figures that I saw last week. Probably that was much better than I really anticipated it being. That had a, a spot a shot here, and I'm not sure if you guys ever saw Captain Fantastic with uh, Viggo Mortensen, no. but that was excellent too. And that was that no. might be the hardest cut for me. It was we only a great saw movie. Kent and I only saw the Brown Dirt Cowboy. So, <laughs> <laughs> yep, it's you know us. Um, as far as my other honorable mentions go, and this this hurts guys yeah, yeah. Um, it, these hurt to not make the top 10 uh, Deadpool is one of them but Rogue One didn't make the list yeah, in the top 10 it, is, man, it hurts so much um, made mine so we'll get to talk about it I liked it cool. a lot I liked it a lot is in uh, the second time I think the first time it just didn't I didn't have the feeling I had of course with The Force Awakens or almost any other Star Wars movie I, I, had, it, I just didn't know what I how I felt about it right off the top. And again, mm-hmm. if, if you haven't heard our thoughts on Rogue One, listen to the second episode because we had more time to digest it. I think we um, maybe thought our thought it out a little bit more the second time around. Uh, we were literally recorded the first one at three in the morning, I think, or something like that. So um, as far as that goes, man, it hurts. Love Star Wars. It's my favorite franchise. I'm, you know, like a Star Wars geek, like every other guy my age, um, you know, didn't make the top 10 and should have, especially with Gareth Edwards at the helm, who I have come to know and love. So it made your list, Richard. So that's good. Didn't you make your list, Brian? Not the top 10? Uh, no, no. I, you know, I mean, I like Rogue One a lot. I'll watch it many more times and I'll always enjoy it. Um, but I, I still, I have, having seen it like four or five times, I have a lot of problems with the, uh, which is with the plot development, and I, I still, I, I don't know that I'm ever gonna quite be over both of the the lead characters just being pretty flat. So, but yeah. you know, it was in my top. It would probably make my top twenty for the year or or something like that. But, but um, it, it's not, it's not really in consideration for my top ten. And I'm kind of glad in some ways because I, I don't want for the rest of time for there to always be a the Star Wars movie at you know in the top five of my my list every year because I'm throwing a little a little curveball out there. I think my stuff. biggest problem with it in hindsight is the fact that they had to freaking work the flaw of the Death Star into the plot of oh I planted it there so that you would find it and so that we you know here's my daughter and uh, just couldn't it just have been a freaking mistake that the Empire just didn't see you know what did it have to be 
this whole, oh, you know, oh, we, oh, gosh, I gotta give you a code, and you gotta know the, oh, we gotta get the, go through the portal, I, I just, uh, that's my, <laughs> that's my Mads Mickelson impression, that's, I've never broken it out on the show before, um, <laughs> but I just, it was seemed forced in that regard, you know what I mean, like, trying yeah, to fair. tie it into A New Hope somehow, which, it was, the fact that it was about the Death Star was already tied in, so you didn't have to do, I mean, just, no, ah, oh, gosh, man, that hurts, it hurts so much, I'm physically hurting right now, so that's, uh, that'd be my honorable mention, so we'll go best of the year, number 10, Brian. Uh, number 10 for me is, I'm gonna go with Moonlight, and I'm, I went back and forth between, uh, Captain Fantastic, Manchester by the Sea, and Moonlight, and I'll write my top 10 at some point this next week and I may end up changing again. Moonlight is is great. Um I don't can't you never saw it, did you? I don't, I don't think I have you not ever seen it. Got to. It. Okay. Uh Richard, I know you saw it. I also haven't seen Bad Moms though, so it won't be on my list. <laughs> not yet. Uh well, there's time. There's time. Uh Moonlight is is beautiful. Um the the acting across the board is is fantastic. Marshall Ali, we're going to talk about later, I think, and and he he had my favorite performance of the year. I thought he was absolutely brilliant. If he doesn't win the Oscar for for best supporting actor, I'll I'll be shocked. And the uh, it, he's so good that I actually think the rest of the movie suffers for him not being in it because he's such a powerful force on screen when he is in the movie and and if you've seen it you know it's told in in three acts and he he's not a part of uh the entire film and i the rest of it is very good but it does to me it lacks something without him in it um otherwise i think that's for me it's probably the the best movie of the year uh with a little if if it wasn't just like this sort of drop from uh from his performance to to everything else which is again is all very good he's just so he's so powerful in that role so uh 10 for me and i i would not be sad if this ended up winning uh best picture uh, at the oscars this year yeah i i did not see moonlight so it probably might have actually made my list probably would have if i had seen it i just uh limited release couldn't 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 yeah, work oh, at no. the time. Totally. Yeah. And that's just Sweet. another fact. Limited release. If it happens, you need to do on demand. Guys, you're not taking mm-hmm. anything away from the integrity of the artistic motion picture. Put it out there on demand so people can freaking see your movie. Yeah. Um, okay, so my number ten, Moana. The Disney yeah. classic Moana. Super freaking psyched when I saw this. Um loved it. Every minute of it. Is great songs, perfect animation, uh, characters that I really enjoyed and liked a lot. A lot. I want to see more from. Um, pretty much flawless execution on every level from Disney animation. Mm-hmm. And man, what can what more can I say? I mean, we'll we'll see and hear more about it the rest of our lives in Disney parks and and uh, with the uh, other movies and sequels and things. Mm-hmm. So yeah. um, it was a home run. And and this is a tough year for me. I love Zootopia too. I thought Zootopia was absolutely brilliant. And um, so two home runs for Disney Animation Studios this year. And uh, Finding Dory was fine, too. Didn't make the top ten either, but uh, worth mentioning. No, not for me. No. As far as uh, good animation. Strong year for animation and kids' movies overall. Yeah, Yeah, but Moana, if I was going to pick one to represent them, that would be the one. It was great, great, great. So Shows up um, later on my list as well. Cool. So. So number ten, Richard. 
My number ten is Doctor Strange. I'll oh, yeah. go to my my number nine is The Nice Guys. Oh, so is nice. mine. Sweet, cool. Yeah, fun little movie. Uh, Shane Black kind of doing what he does uh, best after after doing an Iron Man movie last. Um, and really great performances. Great year for the Gaz. Mm-hmm. And uh, Russell Crowe was fantastic as he normally is. And uh, just a fun movie for grown-ups to go w- watch on a Friday night. And those those are few and far between. <laughs> and uh, that's uh, and that's that's always a, a fun thing. So the Nice Guys is my number nine. And I'll actually just go to my number eight because we just talked about it as Moana. Oh, cool! Sweet. Wow. Richard's list is pretty uh, headline worthy so far. Love it. And loving it. Um, yeah, uh, The Nice Guys, a movie I never would have thought would have been in my top 10 coming into the year. Hearing yeah. about it, seeing the trailers, seeing the whole, you know, Shane Black coming off what Iron Man 3, which we weren't too jazzed on. And man, blew me away. Gosling blew me away, first of all, at his comedic timing and skill. And I think the scene where the, the protesting scene is still maybe the best comedic scene of the year with yeah. him and Russell Crowe and the silent protesters and all that. Um, some great setups, some hilarious slapstick moments, which we don't see in comedy. It's not used properly nowadays, especially. Um, and if it is, it's Dumb and Dumber 2 or something stupid like that. You know, um, <laughs> There were some great physical gags in the movie when when Gosling is too drunk to do to do stuff. He falls off the balcony and that whole thing where he's in the... I mean, there's so many memorable comedic moments in it. And Russell Crowe and him played really good off each other too um oh, yeah. I, I would see yeah. any movie with them too I, regardless of where those chemistry. characters great yeah. chemistry and um i mean russell crowe needed that too i mean he looked everyone gave him crap for looking like crap in the movie but that was the thing that was on purpose because his yeah. guy was a schlubby you know out of work cop or whatever or was working side jobs or whatever it is um or yeah uh and i think that was part of the character so i'm Russell Crowe still got it. Never would have thought 2016 mm-hmm. uh, that he could bring us that. But that was start of something great for, for Gaz. Sure. Number nine. Right. Number nine for me is Pete's Dragon, uh, which I don't, we didn't do an episode. I don't know if it – I know – I don't think Richard saw it. I don't know where – if it uh, ended up in your top ten, Kinto. But uh, I, I never really cared all that much about the original, and I thought – because of that, that's kind of what made this prime for uh, for a remake or a reboot mm-hmm. or whatever you want to call it. Um, I I thought it was uh, kind of to me it was very classic Disney magic on a live action setting. I, I loved it. It had a lot of heart. It wasn't uh, it was kid friendly. My my kid loved it, but it wasn't overly kiddish. Uh, Bryce Dallas Howard was really a lot of fun in it, and then the kid who plays Pete, whose name I don't even know, was great as well. Uh, pretty strong year for, for child acting, too. So um, <laughs> That's true. Stranger Things uh, set it off at the beginning. Yeah, so. Stranger Things, and uh, there were several. So the, Nice Guys, even. The girl in, in Nice Guys, who's not a kid, but she's certainly a young actress, was mm-hmm. very, very good. Um, yeah, Pete's Dragon was great, and and I, we've watched it a couple times at home since, and it, it holds up really well. Uh, and looks looks beautiful too. Just a really great blend of uh, of practical and 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 sci-fi, or excuse me, and uh, special effects, CGI and stuff. So love that one. That's number nine for me. Uh, speaking of kids' movies, my number eight is Sausage Party. And... <laughs> Coop loves Sausage Party, dude. Oh, he's so into it. <laughs> um, some of the best animation I've seen. It's very low budget animation. I understand they 
you know, spent $30 million on the movie or something like that compared to the 200 that they spend on Moana. And it was hilarious. Um, ridiculous, most ridiculous, insane movie I've ever seen. But I loved how bold it was. And they just said, we're going all in when they did that movie. And uh, great voice acting, funny and clever too. Like they, that could, the, the thing about it is it Pixar could have made that movie, you know, in a totally different way, obviously. But the grocery store scene, I mean, the grocery store setting and the food products and the the great beyond or whatever. I mean, it's all, it, it's classic of, of you know, it, it, it's a great parody of those types of, of Toy Story and, uh, and Finding Dory and those types of movies, the kind of fish out of water movies. Um, so, man, hilarious from Rogan and he needs to do more R-rated animation. He was surprised that there was that wasn't already a thing, you know, (laughs) because, you know, uh, the late night crowd loves animation, right? Uh, Animated movies are great. Um, So I I, it seems like a match made in heaven. But um, it was for me. Sausage Party lived up to my expectations. So funny. Go check it out. It's so ridiculous. So insane and worth every ounce that I spent in the theater. I, I, I don't think I've laughed that hard in a long time. The nice guys, <laughs> the nice guys made me laugh really hard. Sausage Party did, but just for how ridiculous it was. So I doubt it made it your list, but I had to include it on mine. Yeah, I wasn't, I wasn't high on it. I respect the uh, it, very, very. Uh, there was, there was a lot of ambition at work there for sure, and I totally respect what you said, kid, of them going for it. It didn't. I did not enjoy it. I didn't think it was. I didn't find it particularly funny, and that's just kind of the way that comedy goes. You know, it's comedy is super subjective, and that's just you know, it didn't hit the, me in the right spot. The Bill Hader character as like the bottle of whiskey. That's like yeah, the that was chief yeah. I, like, so- there were moments I thought it was really funny for about twenty minutes, and like as an SNL bit, that's brilliant. As a movie, I was I was bored after a while. I was like, I don't I don't really care about this. I'm kind of in time. between the two of you on that, but mm-hmm. yeah, I, I get you. I definitely see your side of it, Brian. For Michael Sarah, sure. like it's another Michael Sarah. Like Michael Sarah's great, and he needs to be in everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, every and, we need uh, a Lego Batman. Let's do it. We need the Sarah songs. Yeah. Oh, oh exactly. Yeah. And he's great, even in animation. Um, mm-hmm. He's so funny. Uh, so yeah, Sausage Party, really ridiculous. <laughs> um, what's your number eight, Brian? Number eight for me. I'm going kind of back to back kids movies. Sorry, that's just the way it was this year. Uh, I'm going Jungle Book, um, which oh. I I loved. I loved when we saw it. I have watched it multiple times with the kiddos since then. I'm still blown away by John Favreau the way he was able to pull that together and make that movie. Um, I was make... very upset about this. <laughs> she's she's seconding my vote. Uh, to make that movie work in conjunction with a Disney classic without like kind of stepping on that story too much and kind of bringing some new stuff to the table. The visuals of that movie are unbelievable. And uh, like when we watched it at home for the first time, my wife really was like, are these real animals or are they CG? I mean, it looks, it looks perfect on that front. Um, And I thought the kid did a great job of acting off of a, you know, green screen for the entire, the entirety of the movie. John Favreau did such a good job with that movie that I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't think twice if he were to get a, a best director nomination for an Oscar. I think he, I think it was a brilliant piece of work by him. So that's number yeah, eight. For that me. wouldn't offend me either. Well, he's doing Jungle Book. I mean, uh, Lion King next. 
So bring it. I'm excited. More of the same. Yeah, that yeah. that could be cool. Um, didn't make my top ten, but I I really enjoyed it. It'd probably be around number fourteen for me if I were to rank it. Sure. On the list. Sure. So yeah, good stuff. What's your number eight or nine, Richard? Yeah, yeah I did. Uh, I had Moana at number eight, which was great. And, and Kent, you talked about that. And I'll kind of blow through a few here because we've we've talked about all these. I had Rogue One at number seven. I was higher on it than you guys, probably because. I'm not as big of a Star Wars person as you guys are, maybe, mm-hmm. and maybe it was more made for me than than people that are really in the weeds mm-hmm. of it. I, yeah, I enjoyed probably it. true. And I, and I only saw it once, so maybe it would go down the more I saw it. But I, I really enjoyed it. It went up the more uh, I saw time. it. It might be higher yeah, for you if you saw it again, honestly. Yeah. I, I liked yeah. it more the second time. So I loved it. I thought it was great. Uh, and then I had Jungle Book at number six. So, oh, wow. Uh, so yeah, I love I, that movie. Sticks with you like all year in a weird mm-hmm. kind of eerie way, and and uh, Favreau is is among the best of. I mean he he has he has his misses. He's not perfect, but he he does like really large scale movies. Been better than almost anybody. Yeah, totally. It's a great point. Wow, he's not I, afraid of scale. He he can kind of thrive yeah. in it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, he 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 uh, knows what he's doing. So. Wow, didn't didn't make my list. It's surprising. Um, my number seven, uh, I guess we'll move on to there. Is Hacksaw Ridge? Um, mm. Kind of surprised by Garfield, Andrew Garfield in the movie. Um, thought I would hate him a lot more than I did, and um, had me convinced. And I thought the relationship with him and his wife or girlfriend was pretty pure. And he was a man of convictions, you know. Obviously, the the, the guy that he played in the movie. Um, Desmond Doss, I think it is. Yeah. 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 That's right. He, true. You know, obviously, when you're playing somebody that really existed, it's obviously probably a big undertaking. But I mean, you got to respect heritage and all that. Um, I thought Sam Worthington was pretty good in it as the drill sergeant, as well as Vince Vaughn as a drill sergeant, which I didn't wasn't convinced would work. Worked for me. Uh, the more maybe Thank God it wasn't smell vision though. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it would have smelled really bad. Uh, there, as far as uh, if you put him in there, maybe one or two scenes, you'd be like, hey, "That's really random." But the fact that they let Vince Vaughn kind of develop his character in, in mm-hmm. with Desmond Dawson, you know, and and he Desmond kind of has to work into you know gain the approval of the drill sergeant as the movie goes on and things like that. This is all before we kind of get to war, you know. I thought this movie really entertained me before the battles, you know, I was saving private Ryan. You're in the battle immediately. You know, you don't have time to, to get to know anybody. You know, uh, this was kind of like Pearl Harbor. If it was successful, you know, like if we're going to establish the characters mm-hmm. and have this big historical event at the end and kind of this big, you know, second act and, um, you know, intermission worthy second act. And I thought it delivered on part a and part B. I thought the actual battle scenes were, you know, very well done. They're obviously very different than something like Saving Private Ryan that's kind of shoulder cam putting you in the action, low saturation. Uh th- you know, this was a lot of wide sweeping shots. It was more epic, it felt. Um, but Mel Gibson nailed the direction on that. He knows what he's doing with big scale battles. He's proven that mm-hmm. before. But um I thought it was very excellently executed and visceral. I mean, gosh, the the rats and the, I mean, they showed some stuff that you, you don't think about, you know, when you think of war, mm-hmm. you know, just yeah. the, how horrible 
it, the conditions are and just how horrible war is. I mean, he did a great job of making you realize and respect people that went through that. So, yeah, um, Hacksaw made the list for me at seven. What's you, Brian, at seven? <laughs> Uh, number seven for me is the lobster, which I had as high as like number three on my list. And it, it, I brought it down a little bit throughout the last month or so. Cause I've seen several really good films and, and it hasn't quite stuck with me as much as I thought it would, but it's such a weird movie. And I mean that in the, in the best way possible. Like it's a, a, a wholly unique universe. I think I described it as when we talked about it on the, on the pod, you and I can't, it, it, it's very, it's Wes Anderson. Um, but but if the Coens wrote Wes Anderson, it's like super dark, but in a Wes Anderson kind of world. Uh, Colin Farrell is so so dadgum good in it. It he absolutely deserves to have an Oscar nomination for it. I don't I don't know if it's going to happen, but he should. He plays the uh, he plays to the darkness so well, and it, it keeps it from becoming uh, kind of overwhelming or or with its weirdness and 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 darkness and and kind of there's it's sort of a depressing universe but he plays it so well that you never get to that point and he just kind of leans into the quirkiness of it and makes it a really good movie the downside of the lobster is i don't know how many times i'm going to watch it over the course of my life maybe once more ever you know and and i would have a hard time recommending it to just anyone on the street the way i would uh with some of these other these other films, but it is nonetheless an incredibly well done movie. And then one that, uh, that kind of sticks with you after you've seen it. Yeah. I think it maybe came out a little too early to stick. Sure. With. Maybe I, I, I think it deserves Oscars. Um, yeah, it it's too weird. To, it's too weird to really win an Oscar, I think, but it, 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 it I think he's got a, de- I think Farrell has a decent chance at, at pulling a nomination, but you know, we'll see. Okay. What's your seven, Richard? Was it Moana, you said? Uh, yeah, no, Moana's eight, Rogue oh, One, oh, yeah. seven, The Jungle Book, six, and I'm up to number five okay. now. Which well, is, I got uh, number Yeah, six you guys go ahead and catch up. I got, yeah, go I'll, ahead. I'll go my number six, and it's Arrival. Yeah, nice. nice. Uh, super impressed with Arrival on almost every level. I haven't, I haven't seen it again. I, this is one that maybe would probably would be higher if I had gotten to see it again. Um you don't overthink sci-fi. Um, I think that's kind of works to its advantage here. That works with Alien, you know, to begin with, the, the original Alien. And um, that's where a movie like Independence Day Resurgence fails. is because there's just too much, you know. Um, mm-hmm. This was more realistic than any Alien movie oh, yeah. I've seen before. I really kind of feel like this is how it would be if this occurred. You know, they would they would call people that could you know communicate and things like that they wouldn't just bomb them you know immediately like they um do in other movies um right amy adams she's she, great she she's she so might good, have man. it this year i mean this yeah. this might be it um she was fantastic uh denny we've talked about talked about him last week love you love you denny and you nailed it um arrival might be the most underrated movie of the year and the one that should win Best Picture, but or that definitely won't win Best Picture, but could and should, mm-hmm. you know. Um, it's not often you're going to get this smart of a science fiction film. And it sp- speaks on a lot of topics, not just aliens and stuff. It's about life and communication and acceptance and all, the, all of that. And it has a really cool time travel, weird kind of timeline element to it, too. 
So it's McAdams got a lot of layers. Pissed. You didn't get the part, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, Rachel McAdams. Uh, this is your moment, Adams. Rachel. Different Adams, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but Arrival, strong. Super strong. Yeah. Number six on the list. Where? What about your number six, Bry? My number six is A Monster Calls that I just saw last week or the week before. Oh. I love, love, love the book. I really think we ought to do an episode at some point, but it, it won't matter because like four people saw it, which is a super bummer. To me, it's the most underrated movie of the year as far as like no one saw it, and I don't really know why the studio uh, didn't do anything to, to get it out there. Um, Liam Neeson is great. In a you know in a voice role, the kid his name is I believe Lewis McDougal is is fantastic. It's a hard story to watch. It's not um, it can you could easily be very uh, depressing, uh, but it's also I think very much worth watching. Felicity Jones Felicity Jones is so much better in Monster Calls than she is in Rogue One. It's it's kind of unbelievable that it's mm-hmm. the same actress to me. Uh, but dude, it's it's a great movie and it had me just like the book. I I just was I was so glad I was pretty much the only person in the theater cuz I was on the verge of just a full on uh, sob during in the theater, which is you know that's that's good, right? You all, everybody needs that. Uh, that's what I want from a movie. It's great. It's a fantastic movie. I would love for people to see it. Uh, just know going in, it, it's going to put you through the emotional uh, the emotional ringer. But so so good, guys. So good. Yeah, I haven't seen it, and uh, man, that's disappointing. Mm-hmm. There's, I'll probably see a lot of these. I'll definitely see Moonlight and probably that one in the next two weeks so sure yeah um we'll, we'll get my thoughts around oscar time on all of these mm-hmm. but uh we'll go with my number five brian you already mentioned it it's pete's dragon nice freaking blown away by this movie um mm-hmm. it was like you say classic disney but i've said it once and i say it again carl urban in almost any movie <laughs> it's like he's maybe the most movie star guy i i'm not even kidding um it 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 really, for me, um, came down to you could you could totally mail this one in too, or not do this movie. But uh, if you're gonna get a guy, oh, we're Disney. We're just gonna get we're gonna reboot Peach Dragon, who nobody really liked to begin with, and we're gonna mm-hmm. get David Lowry to direct it, and it's gonna star Bryce Dallas Howard. Yeah, it's fine. Robert Redford doesn't have you know, Carl Urban, small audience, and just freaking hit another freaking mm-hmm. home run grand slam yeah. you know like gosh this was awesome and yeah you would think a movie about a dragon uh living in real <laughs> life and a little boy you know becomes its friend or or you know and all that the fantasy element of it just doesn't seem like it would translate but it does so well and you feel totally and the yeah. ending is so freaking magical and perfect and oh gosh i mean i wish every kid kids movie director could watch this and just take inspiration from yeah uh, i mean yeah, stranger things totally. kind of nailed the kind of nailed it as well as just the 80s nostalgia of these types of movies you know the et's and and uh the uh back to the futures of the world you know the the stuff you don't get anymore <laughs> really basically um mm-hmm. gosh so good and like you said brian it looked great i think maybe the most well shot film of the year and i'm not just no Beautiful. like cinematography yeah, is just a, an mm-hmm. 11 on a scale of one to 10 on shot composition yeah. and every frame of the movie looks like it, it's like a photograph like you, you could hang in a museum and i'm not even kidding uh yeah. just from a technical aspect is blown freaking away by mm-hmm. peach dragon made my number at the time 
I was like, that's the best movie I've seen this year. And that was a month ago. <laughs> I seen yeah. a lot of movies since then, but that, that was, but did not expect that at all. You know, totally. I was like, yeah, I'll check this out. Saw, you know, Redbox or whatever. Uh, gosh, so good. Gonna have yeah. to get it on Blu-ray. David Lowry is a name to remember if you're looking yes. for kind of the next big director. I know he's had a couple of, of uh, really well-received small films, and then this one didn't really make a lot of money or anything, but I think that's a guy that uh, can get pulled into either a big franchise or some smart studio is going to say, hey, what's, what's the movie you've always wanted to make for 50 or $70 million? Let's, and let's get in that. Let's get in the David Lowry business because I think that guy's got He's got the eye. I think he's got something special. Dallas's own David Lowry, I should say. Yeah. Irving yeah. High School. Okay. So Peach Dragon, strong, quite strong. My number five. What about you, Bri? Number five for me is Everybody Wants Some, which was my favorite movie of the first half of the year, at least. Uh, it's kind of gotten forgotten over the last six months, which is a bummer because Richard Linklater is great and the movie is great. It's about nothing, and I think that's what makes it work so well. It you know, it's such a, it's a beautiful counterpart uh, to Dazed and Confused and uh, is, I think, kind of a classic movie that is, uh, it's like better than the sum of its parts because there's nothing, there's nothing story-wise, there's nothing performance-wise, there's nothing really uh, camera-wise that just really blows you away, but you bring it all together and it, it kind of congeals into a cohesive whole that it was so much fun to watch. Um, it was a, uh, it felt very authentic and real and uh, you know, you just, gosh, I just love to see, I always love whatever Linkletter is going to do. It just makes me so happy to see him doing work and, and kind of perpetually doing his own thing and not really caring what anybody else thinks or says, and certainly not what Hollywood says. And uh, man, he's, I, I don't know how it's going to, I don't know how everybody wants something's going to come out as compared to like boyhood and Daisy confused and, uh, the before series and all that, but it's for this year, boy, it was, it was solid. And I'm bummed that I haven't had the opportunity to see it again, uh, since we saw it so long ago. So that's five for me, Richard. How about you? Yeah. Uh, number five from, it's a little different. It's, uh, OJ made in America. Nice. Yeah. I, so it's, I, did, I almost included that and probably should have, but, um, I don't know. Just, yeah. Crossed my mind. This is the best documentary I saw this year in, a, in an era, not just a year of really great documentaries. And it's the, I don't know, it's just uh, really culturally relevant, even though it was about uh, things from, you know, uh, 40, 30, and 20 years ago. Sure. Uh, but uh, it's uh, just a really, I think, well-made, well-researched, well-produced uh, film. And, and obviously, it's, it's something that was kind of made for television that ended up getting a theatrical release. Uh, is is really kind of a neat story. So uh, I really like Ezra Edelman, and uh, I'm excited for for what he has going forward. And uh, I think, yeah, it's just a really incredibly what a giant piece of work. Uh, mm-hmm. And 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 it's, it's uh, really like should uh, that be Best Picture nominated? Like, is that possible? <laughs> it can be, but it's probably going to win Best Documentary. Oh, I didn't. Least, yeah, yeah, because it got released. Uh, in theatrically before it came on TV, technically, mm-hmm. so it's eligible. Oh, cool! Yeah, okay. Um, I'm gonna go number four, I guess. Hell or high water. Nice, Ooh, strong, yeah. quite yeah. strong again. And mm-hmm. I'm sure we'll talk about it later. Yeah. So I don't want to mention it too much now, but 
It's another one of those movies, and again, you don't guys don't overthink it. The best movies are the yes. simplest story, the simple, the you know, the easiest to shoot, the ones that you could have gone out with a camera and shot at a bank at your local town, you know, and that's what this felt like, and it felt so close to what we like to see from Jeff Bridges, you know, uh, not mm-hmm. R.I.P.D. We we like this, you know, um, yes, it's classic Bridges. Um, Chris Pine blew me away in the movie too, mm-hmm. and uh, some of the most intense scenes of the year, the, the bank robbery, and uh, I thought the element of the Texas Rangers fighting the bank robbers was was um, something that you would thought would have been made fifty hundred times by now, and uh, it was executed falsely. It felt it felt like No Country for Old Men, except without the creepy Javier Bardem. <laughs> character you know <laughs> right uh but it had all the elements of um what that movie brought as far as um a best picture worthy film and i'm sure it'll be nominated right oscar nominations yes. are out like this yeah. weekend something like that uh next the, week yeah um yeah. it's gotta be i mean yeah it's definitely a nomination it's one of the most well yeah. i will review and again the ending is another one yeah. of those you need to stay for the end for mm-hmm. sure because it's uh i mean a lot, a lot of different opinions on that one. I would say, uh, listen oh, to our episode yeah. on it if you want to hear our full thoughts. But a lot of different, a lot of different opinions. Um, again, it'll come up later. What's your number four, Brian? For me, number four is Arrival, which you had at what oh. six? Kid? Yeah, yeah. Uh, six. Arrival is darn near perfect movie, and that's the. I mean, gosh, I love, I love, I love highbrow, high-minded sci-fi. It's so complicated to pull off. Like, it, it just seems like it fails so often. Uh, something gets lost in translation or it gets too complex for people to understand or or something. Uh, but, dude, Denny Villeneuve, he's so good. And he picked the perfect person. Amy Adams might be the best actress in Hollywood right now uh, behind maybe, like, Viola Davis. I mean, she's so she's so incredible. Uh, I've always been a huge Amy Adams fan, so I love to see her do something that's worthwhile that's not, uh, you know, in a bathtub with Superman. Uh, I think, gosh, I the way that the kind of emotions of that movie played out over the course of of two hours, it you know, it kind of broke me in a in a great way. It was. I, that it really, truly, it's 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 so good that I almost am regretting having it an, as low yeah, as number four. I am four, too. As I, I mean, it's the actual so just the language element of it, where yeah. the the language that they basically invented for the aliens mm-hmm. and the vocabulary, yeah. and I mean that in of itself is incredible. Yeah. I mean, it, wow. And to your point, Kate, at least as far as the kind of the way that the aliens and the humans interact and the you know the the ending the stuff that happens in the end that's that's fantastic the twist and the turns and stuff are great the setup for the first hour hour and a half of the movie it it really it, to me it feels like the maybe the most realistic depiction of what it might look like if aliens did come to earth yeah. like it felt grounded in reality without being it, it, a lot of times like realistic sci-fi the way it becomes realistic is it, it goes heavy on the science and this is not so much that case. Like there's more to it than just the science element and that, but it still feels so, uh, so realistic in, in those moments in the way that the, you know, the, the aliens interact with us. It's great. It, it's a movie that got a pretty good audience as far as, uh, you know, it's box office success and was very well received with critics, but even still kind of feels underrated in spite yeah. of that. 
it you know the, maybe the best shot of, of the year uh, is when they're going to the actual site for the first time in the helicopter. I think it is, and they come across the horizon, and you see the yes. ship for the first time, and like fog is coming over the mountains and everything. They said, yeah. uh, I saw the cinematographer talking about it, saying they went to go shoot that, and that's all in camera. Like they just flew to go shoot the scene, you know, and they were just going to put the ship in there later. And they came, came around the corner and saw the, the fog coming over the mountains. And it was just like a godsend, you know, it's all shot. I mean, the only thing that's CGI is the ship, you know, the rest is all natural environments, which is awesome to hear when you, when you're like, man, what a gorgeous shot. Great concept, you know, awesome storyboarding. Great. You know, cool. You know, clouds look really real. Wow. You know, the texturing is really, the photorealism is, is amazing. And then you hear, nope, that was all in camera. Wow. Mm. You, you can't, they could have gone there a hundred days and never had a, a, a low fog like that, you know? Um, yeah. Wow. That's just totally. like God, the God of filmmaking just smiling <laughs> on us, you know? Um, okay. Yeah. Brett right. Ratner, Strong. you mean? Brett yep. Ratner, the God of filmmaking? Yeah. Okay, cool. Well, I was going to go through Wee Bowl, but uh, close <laughs> second. Um, my number three is Everybody Wants Some. And okay. man, it, it's pretty much a guarantee that if Linklater makes a movie without Billy Bob Thornton, that it's going to be in my top 10 of the year. Uh, <laughs> because <laughs> man, he's at the top of his game and everything he does feels so inspired. And like you said, it's about nothing, but it's also about a lot and memorable characters, no name actors that you love and reminds you of all your friends and all the nostalgia and humor and awkwardness of youth is brought out and just can't really yeah. um, say anything bad about the movie. <laughs> like at really at all. Um, Want to see it every day. Almost. It, it, it was called the sequel to days confused. I don't know if that hurt it or what kind of felt like that just because it's about youth and you know, uh, not the, not the seventies, but the eighties. And I guess you can't do a, movie set back in time without it being compared to Days Confused if you're link later, so that's okay. But um man, some of the the funnest scenes of the year for sure. And mm-hmm. I mean everyone's parents, if you're my age, I'm about thirty, everyone's parents need to go see this because this is when they were all in college and it's got all the nostalgia and fun elements of it. Uh elements of stuff that they would probably remember. The soundtrack is great. Um Linklater needs to just be a soundtrackist, if that's a word. <laughs> just needs to make soundtracks for movies because yeah. uh, it seems to be what puts his movies kind of over the top, you know. And a lot of directors, either they don't have good taste or they don't care, you know. And that's a huge mistake. The music really can make all the difference, mm-hmm. and it kind of does here. The Wyatt Russell scene where they're all talking about their favorite albums and stuff is so funny. The Willow B character. Oh, I, I just love this movie. Yeah. Totally. Number three. Could have been number one, if not for a few more, obviously. Yeah. But uh, where are we at on your list? Number three, Richard? Uh, no, I'm still at number four. My okay. number four of the year was Deadpool. Whoa. Uh, nice. Yeah. So a uh, movie that's gotten better in my estimation the more I've seen it. It's on the HBO rotation. And it's it's, a, I think, a really fun uh, as everyone said, a really fun kind of uh, simplistic uh, superhero m- movie and a new take on it. But it's also, I don't know, it's just, 
to me, it's a return to a certain kind of comedy that we haven't had in a while. Um, that you know, it seems like there's really real, many less good kind of funny movies every year, and uh, to kind of merge the world of really big R-rated comedy and superheroes was just, I think, fantastic, and done in a in a really surprise way. It was such a I mean, the marketing was really good for this movie leading up to it, but I don't think any of us expected it to be as fun as it was uh, in the theater as well for it to kind of live up to that. So uh, a big movie. And, and I think what a lot of people will, when they think of 2016, I think a lot of people will think of, of Deadpool because it was such a such yeah. a big hit. 100%. Yeah. Totally right there. Yeah. Wow. Didn't think it would be that high. Um, definitely worthy of a, of a mention. That's for sure. Yeah. The sequel, just the Leslie Jones sidekick, if we can get that worked out. And make yeah, the sequel audience. looks good with with Jackman and uh, and uh, mm-hmm. that's gonna that's yeah gonna happen. He's, apparently Deadpool is in um is it uh, is it Logan yeah Logan yeah something like that like they're already announced he's he's gonna be appear in other movies so cool okay number three Brian for you I guess number three for me is moana which you guys have both talked about thus far i love this movie i can't this is a when i go to see a movie with my kid you know there's that uh you know have a moment of like am i gonna want to watch this twenty five thousand more times because that's how kids are they they want to watch we watch toy story at least twice a week you know and that's that's fine that's the way it's, it's good i would much rather watch toy story twice a week than cars twice a week you know and uh Moana came out of it and I'm just like, dude, <laughs> whenever that comes out on Blu-ray and DVD, we'll get that and you can watch that as many times as you want. I've still, I, the music is fantastic. It was such an uplifting experience and a lot of the movies on my list this year kind of fell into a pattern of that where it's like there was so many, our world was so weird this year and I kind of just wanted movies to make me feel good and this was... um very high on the on the make you feel good list and and uh the animation looked great it fits right in with some of the best disney movies of all time in addition to bringing a a certain uniqueness to the table not to mention a completely uh you know a different a different group of people that have been underserved in in animation and in movies in general up to this point love moana beautiful movie uh can't wait to watch it again and again and again wow great I loved it. Made the top ten. I could not keep it out of the top ten. That's how yeah, good it was. Either. You know, I wanted to, but it was so good. Uh, what's your number two, Richard? My number three. Still oh, three. Is, uh, is uh, I'm going to flip the script on you guys uh, here. This might be a surprise, you guys. I had Moana at uh, at number seven mm-hmm. or number eight, rather. Number eight. I have Zootopia as my number nice. three Whoa. movie of the year. Wow. Yeah, surprise! Big animation year for me. I'm not normally a, as a big big animation guy, but when I sat down to write this the other day and tried to think of the best times I had had in the theater all year, uh, that was definitely up there. And that was such a surprise to me. I go see these animated movies mostly dreading them, uh, mm-hmm. just so I have something to talk with about you guys on the show. And this one was the same. And then I just had a blast. So, uh, Zootopia is my number three of the year, and uh, that's one I can't wait to show to my uh, future uh, kids. Not the ones that I have scattered around the country now, but right. the ones that I'll yeah. that I plan on you're, raising. You're technically not allowed to watch movies with any of those kids no, right. per court ruling. So yeah, well, it's just it's up in the air. Those all you know <laughs> violates. My lawyers have just advised me to not. <laughs> not make this false. Absolutely. No, yeah. So Zootopia, Zootopia number three. Kent, what about you? 
Uh, I'm up to my number two. So should we go there? Let's do it. Yeah. Let's do, All right. two and, do two and one together. You want to do that? No. You do it with worst, or do you want to save one for our last round? We'll save number one. Got to save. Got to save number one. Um, <laughs> I'm gonna go with number two, the lobster. Nice. Um, nice. Just so weird, but great. Mm-hmm. I think the scene where they're doing the dancing lessons is yes, oh my maybe gosh, the yeah. most memorable moment I can have watching a movie this year. I was just in another world. What the John C. Riley and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just the song and the singer and everything. I don't know where where that came from. You you mentioned Wes Anderson. Uh I I felt Paul Thomas Anderson, this movie. It's it's a weird combination of all our favorite directors kind of put into one movie. Um it had kind of the Paul Thomas Anderson y music with I, I felt that uh Colin Farrell was very similar to like something like Walking Phoenix would have done. Um, so that, that's for me, that's what it felt like, but with a script by the Coens and with Wes Anderson kind of overseeing as executive producer, <laughs> that makes sense. Uh, yeah. the lobster was everything I love in art house cinema and especially, um, movies in general. It's just so interesting. And, and every time, you know, you try to mention this to somebody, Oh, what's it about? Oh, it's about this guy who goes to this hotel <laughs> yeah. retreat. It's, un- and it's if, indescribable. And if he doesn't <laughs> fall in love, he becomes a lobster. And right. you're like, yeah, no, you're there's just, no way that's good. A lobster. And yeah. I'm like, seriously, that's just like a side plot. Honestly. Uh, yeah. it's just kind of like the concept, but it's, it's so much more serious than that. And it's about finding it's, it's a lot like her in a way. It's about finding love and just in almost, anything you possibly can and uh, mm-hmm. everyone's just kind of a lobster or an animal, you know, just kind of wandering around. Um, it's, it was incredible. Uh, loved it. Yeah. And I think yeah. producer Steven had it as his number one of the year. We should chime yeah, in he did. He did. Uh, with that. Yeah. Um, what about you, Richard, I guess on uh, number two, yeah. my number two of the year was talked about uh, by Brian earlier. So we can, move it but uh because i don't want to bore you guys but it's moonlight moonlight is my number two movie of the year i thought it was uh really beautiful and you're absolutely right brian uh there's one act that's better than the other two acts but those other two acts are great it's just that the one act is spectacular and uh just such a such a moving uh and an important movie uh with some really great performances and and just such a wonderfully shot film uh so yeah it's most one of the more uniquely original movies maybe the most original movie of the year so moonlight for me i haven't seen it dang gosh this is this it's is gonna be one movie. of those you've got us i i'm gonna have to release a bonus episode hey guys can't hear um moonlight actually my number one just want to make that clear please stop emailing me uh, change my mind so got to yeah. see it uh so funny um all right moonlight Great. Is it number two for you also, Bry? Or uh, he was higher up on his list. Yeah, I had it 10. Because oh, yeah. uh, he's just, racist. Yeah. <laughs> Send all those angry tweets my way <laughs> at, uh, at Richard Barton. Uh, yeah. Number two for me, uh, I'm just, I'm going to break the seal on, on this film and, and potentially make Kent angry. Uh, number two for me is La La Land that I love. I love, I love, I love. Um, I, I fought back and forth between number two and number one. To the like when we started this episode, I had not written down which I was going to choose at two and which I was going to choose at one. So, uh, La La Land is beautiful. 
Uh, the music is incredible. I bought the I bought the soundtrack on vinyl, beautiful blue vinyl, and I've been listening to that kind of nonstop lately. Uh, the Gaz is the best. I'm so glad. I don't feel <laughs> it's not like the Gaz was like not getting his due uh, up to 2016, but for whatever reason, I feel like I have some personal stake in uh, in him having the best year of his life. I I don't know why that is, but uh, I love him and I've, I've loved him for for quite some time. Uh, as the uh, the court records will show, and he was perfect with Emma Stone. Their chemistry is perfect. Please do more movies together. Do like a buddy cop show. I don't care. Just do stuff together for the rest of the time. Emma Stone is fantastic. Uh, Chazelle makes me feel incredibly inferior in pretty much every single way, and that's what I'm looking for from a director. So number number two for me. Or 1A, 1B, if you want. I don't know. It was really hard to decide. It would definitely... I think it's going to win Best Picture. I have no problem with that whatsoever. And I would probably... It would really be hard for me not to vote for it as well. So number two is La La Land. Number two... Um, uh, Richard? I already did it. It was Moonlight. Oh, yeah. Okay. Um, I guess number one for me is La La Land. Obviously. Same here. Let's talk about La La Land for a second. Literally... I mean, what more can I say? One of the best movies of all time. Uh, I mean, I'm not even kidding. Uh, definitely the best movie we talked about on the show that I've gotten to see, in my opinion. Um, wow. I thought it was... You weren't on the episode, Richard, or I think you had to had to leave or a family emergency or something. Yeah. But um, there... I mean, I never got your full thoughts, but I, I thought it was one of the best movies. I mean, it's... It's, it's great. It's yeah. flawless it's execution. I mean, what, yeah. what more can you say? I mean, the the... The the theme is fantastic, you know. I mean, I I I already talked for two hours, literally, on it. Um, it's it's just there's not there's not a negative, it, other than you could say I don't like musicals. Okay, great. You don't, <laughs> but if you do, I mean, I, I I can't. I watched it again. I watched it a couple more times. Um, I'm, I find new stuff every time. I'm just so blown away at the direction of the movie, the way that they integrate the steady cam and everything. I mean. I'm just from a technical level. It's it's a it's a marvel. Not to mention the acting and the music and the set design and the the mm-hmm. costuming and I mean, gosh, it's it's uh, you don't see ones like this very often. And I hope people yeah. know that um, and appreciate that uh, because uh, again, Chazelle. I mean, he's already one of the best directors of all time. I'm not even kidding. He's so yeah. good. <sighs> As a filmmaker, it angers me how good he is. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, I just want to be him so bad. <laughs> and I can't anymore. I can't make a musical now because of you, Chazelle. I can never make a musical because it would always be like, well, La La Land, is it as good as that? Nope. Um, so he's already nailed that. And I can't make a movie about jazz. Thank you very much. Done that, yeah. too. Um, but I mean, it's you could make a you could make a musical about LMFAO though. That would be a wholly unique <laughs> and a higher degree of difficulty, honestly. Yeah. Higher, yeah. higher degree of uh, execution. I mean, who do you even up. cast as Red Boo? I don't know. I mean, that's a, that's tough. That's Wait. really difficult. Maybe Gary with... Oldman. Yeah. Really, <laughs> wow. Um, yeah, the most I... challenging role yet. <laughs> uh, and also, SNL did a great bit last night on like Aziz Ansari saw it and then like he gets interrogated but because he only liked it a little bit <laughs> and they're just like what do you like if you don't like la la land uh it's a great bit it's all la la land interrogation worth looking into if you didn't see snl 
this week. Um, so number one, gosh, it's gonna win best picture. I mean, you're not gonna say it probably. It's yeah, I mean, it's gonna win everything. It won everything it was nominated for in the Globes, and rightfully so. I think I said on Twitter, somebody asked me, "Are you surprised that it won everything at the Globes?" I said they could invent an award show and give it every award, and it still wouldn't feel like it got its due on how good it is. Like I'm not even playing. Um, so so awesome. Love it. Um, number one for you, Brian. I'm a little. Is it Moonlight? No, number one for it me was is Hell 10. or High Water. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. yeah uh, you can absolutely make a great case that La La Land is a better film, and, and you, you, know, you might be right. Hell or High Water uh, just hit, I don't know, it hit the right note for me. That's kind of a, I don't know, like that's kind of a perfect movie for me and, and maybe in general. I think Jeff Bridges is so great in that role. Uh, and, and in that kind of role, cause he's, I mean, he's really, we've seen him do very similar stuff to that a dozen times and it's never, it never gets old. It never feels tired. Uh, but I do think it was a, this was a moment for Chris Pratt or excuse me for Chris Pine to <laughs> say like, Oh, he can actually act. I, I felt like he's a very talented actor for a long time. This was the moment where you're like, this is, you know, that opinion is justified. He's fantastic. The movie clicks on every level. To me, that's probably the. Uh, it's hard for me to call uh, No Country for Old Men a cops and robber movie because it's it's just there's so much more going on there. So if you if you eliminate that, because I think I think he'll, I think that movie uh, No Country for Old Men is an absolute masterpiece. If I kind of knock that out based on qualifications and possibly semantics, I think Hell or High Water is the best cops and robber movie that I've seen since uh, since Heat, like 21 years ago. So uh, it. Dude, it nails it. I I love that movie. I've watched it uh, a couple times since it came out on uh, on Blu-ray and whatnot, and it it works. It just works. It's so I still you kind of hit on it earlier, Kent, but the the simplicity of that movie is really what brings it all together. It's perfectly written. It's beautifully shot. The acting Listen, is incredible. Out of uh, my, just nothing else you're, I you're right. About it. You're right. And I mean, aside from La La Land and just kind of the maybe the first scene is just so big in scale and hard to pull off you know with the traffic mm-hmm. and everything my top four is hell or high water everybody wants some and the lobster which i mean anybody could make that can get 10 million dollar loan you know what i mean um yeah I, I just think that that i mean it's true that the best stuff the best songs are written in five minutes if that makes sense uh mm-hmm. again i used the term earlier overthinking overthinking it's the worst yeah. it's the worst thing people can do in Hollywood, or overstuffed, or thinking that it's not enough, or that the story's not enough, the characters aren't enough, the the, the score isn't good enough. We need to we need to synthesize. We need we need more. You know what I mean? It's just it's just yeah. Ugh, it's so frustrating. I'm just so glad we have good movies and people that are making movies that are like that still. You know, because I feel like in 20 years, if you're making movies like Hell or High Water, I mean, I I just don't know how much longer it's gonna those types of movies are going to be yeah, even, it's hard. even worth it's... the investment for the studio because mm-hmm. they are, they're small. They're, there's not much of an audience for them, but it's what keeps the art alive, you know, mm-hmm. uh, the art yeah. of filmmaking alive. And that's what we need because I don't want movie, a movie to, to not feel special anymore or not feel like you're going to even get, see something good anymore where it's all just too predictable. Yeah. And it's all just, it's a, it's like a going to a theme park. It's just like, okay, yeah, kids are entertained. Great. Cool. Mm-hmm. Spend some time, but it's, you never get anything out of it. You know, you yeah. never really get any kind of great experience out of it. So, I mean, man, I'm just, I'm it's just a so great, thankful it's a great for these film. good movies. And, 
you know, too, it's it's one that I feel pretty confident I could recommend to literally anyone. And not necessarily they're going to walk away saying, no, that's the best movie I saw this year. But I would feel confident recommending to literally anybody in my life or on the street or in a Target or whatever. Like, hey, you should see Hell or High Water. It's pretty great, you know, and in, expect them to at least understand why I thought it was great. And that's, you know, and for and for adults, you know, that and that's, that's yeah. something that uh that that has a lot to say i think taylor sheridan who who's this the screenwriter uh he has a movie at sundance that premiered yesterday that that he directed that did really well apparently there too like that guy is a rising star i'm 100 sure he's gonna get a nomination for for the writing on this one and uh so he may out of all the the big names involved with this with pine with bridges with ben foster uh david mckenzie's the director who could be doing great things like Taylor Sheridan, maybe the name in five years that we say, Hey, that guy, that's where things really kicked off for him. And now he's the you know biggest screenwriter in the world. So it's cool. Uh, great movie. Uh, it's, you know, it was my number one when we saw it in August and it's, it's stuck with me through the course of the last four months. So Katie Mixon also good. She's great. She's great. Very good. Wow. So I'll go back over my list then. So honorable mentions for best of the year. Doctor Strange, Rogue One, and Deadpool. Uh, top 10 of the year for me. Number 10, Moana. The Nice Guys. Sausage Party. Hacksaw Ridge. Arrival. And the top five is Pete's Dragon, Hell or High Water, Everybody Wants Some, The Lobster, and La La Land. Uh, Richard. Yeah, I'm going to go. Uh, it's Doctor Strange, The Nice Guys, Moana, Rogue One, The Jungle Book, OJ Made in America, Deadpool, Zootopia, Moonlight, and La La Land. Brian, what about you? Honorable mentions for me, Civil War, Captain Fantastic, uh, Hidden Figures, number 10, Moonlight. Oh, Manchester by the Sea as well. Number 9, Pete's Dragon, number 8, Jungle Book, number 7, The Lobster, number 6, A Monster Calls, number 5, Everybody Wants Some, number 4, Arrival, number 3, Moana, number 2, La La Land, and number 1, Hell or high water. Wow. Richard, we never did get your thoughts on all of land, so we need to do that. If it's your number one, I'm sure you have thoughts. Yeah, Brian and I talked a little about it on the episode of with just mm-hmm. he and I. Um but uh but yeah, no, we can I'll I'll break it down sometime for you. I'm happy to. Greatness. All right. Well there we have it. Wow. Gosh. I really do feel like we can move on now. And I get to see everything new and start making a new list. I've been mm-hmm. thinking about these movies. All right, let's go see it. Split, bros. See you guys up. Hey, see certified you guys fresh. Certified fresh. Be back in four hours. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Brian literally could not. Uh, I don't think you. Could I'm gonna do take it. That I'm one. gonna see. It. I'm gonna force myself because I. I really liked. I. I like uh, the early movies of M Night Shyamalan a lot, and I. I 100. I'll fully admit I wrote that one off first trailer nope no chance that's going to be any good because he hasn't made a good movie in i don't know it feels like 30 years but uh at least 10 years honestly and, uh, the visit would have worked people, if yeah, it wasn't sure if it wasn't for the freaking rapping kid in the movie remember <laughs> that about that that movie, i hated that movie but it certainly creeped me out like i was still freaked out about that one several months later because i'm a wuss but and it's pg-13 uh, you can handle this yeah I, I think i do you know I the I twist have, have you heard no what, I've, I've tried uh, to stay keep away from it so anyway good. I'm going to see it. My wife's interested too, so we'll, we'll probably see it next. So maybe next week we'll, we'll knock that one out. Yeah, I'll say mark it down do if we, sure. we can work it. Okay, well, there we have it. Best and worst of the year. Again, the worst movies I never want to talk about, think about again, and it's all a blur. The best, um, I'll talk about plenty more, I'm sure, in the future, and especially when we do our Oscars episode. We do an Oscars post-game show every year. 
Uh, we get on here right after the Oscars, and uh, that Monday morning, you wake up and have our Oscar thoughts. So we'll have to wait seven days or four days or whatever it will be after the awards. So look forward to that. Next week, we'll talk, probably split, something 2017-related, or maybe take a week off because we deserve it. Who knows? All right. We deserve it. It's been 300 episodes, guys. We deserve a week off. <laughs> um, but until then, Brian, where can I find you online? You can find me on the Twitter at Beagle12. You can find my writing at madaboutmoviespodcast.com. Richard, where can we find you? You can find me on Twitter at Richard Barden. Kent, where can I find you? On the Twitter at Kent Garrison. Online at KentGarrison.com. Find me on the website at madaboutmoviespodcast.com. All our episodes are on there. They're all on iTunes as well. Hit subscribe. Leave us five stars. That helps us grow the show. Tell your friends. And uh, we appreciate it. Appreciate all the sponsors for making this episode happen, per usual. And we'll talk to you, I guess, in 2017, officially, next week at the cinema. Goodbye. Bye. Hey, baby, I hear the blues are calling. Toss salads and scrambled eggs. And maybe I seem a bit confused Yeah, maybe, but I've got you pegged <laughs> But I don't know what to do with those tossed salads and scrambled eggs They're calling again Scrambled eggs all over my face They're making me ya ya Tossed salads and scrambled eggs They're calling again <laughs>